I'm David Bonson in for Larry Kudlow today, having a great time trying to fill in his capable shoes the best I can and joined right now by guests Ken Bosari and Jack Barogian. And we're talking about the Fed. Uh, they're defending the uh, need of Jerome Powell to see this through, uh, continue to kind of normalize the cost of capital and bring us to a place of monetary policy that isn't, shall we say, clinically insane. And uh, they're confident he's going to go all the way through and see it uh, to the point it needs to get. And along the way, exacerbates volatility in the markets, things like that. So, hey, let's see if we can go like a whole eight minutes without having to talk about the Fed, um, which is something that seems almost impossible these days with uh, financial media and with market actors. The Fed has been deified. And now let's see, as three market guys, if we can't just talk about what we like in the markets – uh, irrespective of, of, you know, all these ideas of will they, won't they on the Fed funds rate. Uh, Jack, I'll start with you. Um, what right now do you believe is attractive in this investment landscape? David, there are very few times you will hear me say this, and, and, and Kenny knows what I'm going to say, but there's a time where cash is probably king in your portfolio. Right. Uh, when, especially when you get to times of instability, and we're, we're now entering – September, which is historically going to be the is the worst month for the market. Um, it's going to come at a time where there are going to be some serious liquidations taking place. This is the end of the quarter, and it's going to be right before midterms. This is going to get this could get very very ugly. I'm concerned about that. I would rather be in cash, wait for the market to come off another 10 or 15 percent, uh, and buy it down there. Now, having said that, um, you know what? I, I'd like to be in. You know, and, and Kenny was talking about it once before uh, when we were on the show. Uh, natural gas stocks, I think, are, are a good play right now, um, especially with what's happening out in Europe. We want to be in in certain asset classes that are going to be in demand, regardless of what happens in the stock market. And, and energy is one of those asset classes right now. All right, right, so generally bearish, but uh, but like energy, that seems that seems like a, a, a you know a conventional call right now. Energies continue to do well. I was pointing out earlier, Nasdaq down four and a half percent this week, down seven point seven since its uh, mid August high, and yet energy was up on the week. Midstream was up on the week. Producers were up. Natural gas, especially the commodity itself, fifteen year high. Uh, they they can't get enough in Europe. Russia's still messing around out there. Ken, you agree with Jack? You like the energy space yeah. right now? No, no, yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, yeah, no, I absolutely do. And I think coal and nat gas are places that uh, investors are going to be able to find some uh, stability and some opportunity, right? Because that's certain. This situation is not getting any better anytime soon. And winter is coming across the northern hemisphere, and we see what's going on in Europe across Europe, and so. Yes, nat gas and coal are certainly places, but like you, David, I would prefer in this in this kind of unsettled environment. And I do agree with Jack as well. September is going to be kind of a chaotic month. It typically is, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the market back off some more. But there is opportunity if you're a long-term player in a place like this, uh, consumer staples and big dividend play, uh, big dividend paying stocks. You know, big mega cap Americana names that are consistent. Uh, the stuff people need, right? There's stuff that people are going to buy, whether whether we have inflation or not, because they have to. Uh, and names like that are consumer staple names that are good dividend payers, and they'll offer some stability, right? Utilities are another place that I would look for some opportunity. I'd stay away at the moment from the big, sexy, high-growth names, because I think those are going to get smushed um, uh, in September. The way they took them up in August, they're going to take them right back down in September. And then I think there'll be 
more opportunity in some of those big mega cap names, all right? I don't play in that social media kind of new sexy names just because of where I am on my life cycle and my risk sale. But if you're a 30-year-old and you've got 40 years to go, then there's going to be other places of opportunity. People should not necessarily run away uh, when the market gets anxious like this, but they shouldn't be haphazard either, right? They need to, if cash is where they want to be for another couple of weeks and wait, that's great. If they want to take advantage of individual opportunities, because I think it is a, I think it is a, a stock picker's market, um, then they should I, do I'm, that. But I'm, those are kind of the sectors that I like. I, I'm not sure where I am in the life cycle. I'm 48, Kenny, and I, I and I don't touch that social media stuff and the big tech stuff. <laughs> but 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 I don't think it's because of my age. I think it's because when a stock goes from 80 times earnings to 50 times, right. I have a hard time right. saying it's gotten cheap. Well, <laughs> well, you know, a lot, a lot of us have lived through that. We call it the dot-com bubble. And That's Kenny, right. And we're right there, you know, watching, watching accounts go up and down. Right. Uh, but but right. the, the, one thing that, the one thing that I will say uh, with, with everything that's been happening is that, you know, you mentioned the yield curve, especially what's happening with the 10-year and the fact that we're seeing the, the 10-year stay low. You know, th- there's a reason for that. There, there's a, a, a you know, we have been, we've been lulled into complacency as an, invest, as an investment, uh, you know, arm, if you think about it, as an investment group, uh, and I'm talking about the, the U.S. public, you know, the, the cheap money over the course of these last, what, since 08, since 09, since we saw the Fed act uh, with the Great Recession, ha- have made us think that the market is a one-way ticket to heaven, that it's always right. a buy on every dip. We have now got a Fed that is going to be serious about tightening. They are going to be tightening for a while. This, this yeah. market is not going to act the way people have been conditioned to think it's going to act. And, exactly. and when that happens, you, the market can really end up reacting in ways that people did not expect. I, I think Jack, there is some, yeah, I, I, Jack, let me, let me say the, the problem I have with that, I basically agree definitely about the financial repression, people being lulled into complacency. You essentially have, what is it now, I think – uh, 13 of the 14 post-crisis years were positive years in the market. Um, all the quantitative easing, the downward pressure. Now remember too, there was a lot of earnings growth that took place. You, you really had organic earnings growth on top of Federal Reserve kerosene in the last 14, 15 years. But, but the idea that this time now it really is different. I don't know that we know that yet. I agree they're going to get to 350 on the Fed funds. I don't know that they're going to get higher. I don't know that they should get higher. I'm not one who believes the Fed funds rate is going to be the primary driver of pushing inflation lower. I think that there's plenty of supply side things that need to happen to get inflation lower that the Fed couldn't control if they want to. The Fed can't produce more, more, uh, drilling in Oklahoma. They can't do it. And, and so the, the idea about a capital markets decision that assumes Powell is the new Volcker, I agree you don't want to assume he's not. But I, I look until credit markets break, we don't know it, where Powell's really going to be. And so far, I think he feels like he hasn't broken anything. You know, well, listen, I, I would agree. I would agree with that, except for the fact that I think he already he's he's been overseeing a broken Fed. And, and unfortunately, he's going to try to fix this thing. And he basically came right out in Jackson Hole and said it's going to cause a lot of pain. You know, for right. the Fed chairman to come right out and say that, that's so significant. You know, remember, this is somebody that, that we have been, again, conditioned to, to hear him say, everything will be fine. Please relax. There's going to be more right. money out there than ever before. And now we have him saying, you're going to feel pain. 
That, that exactly. Is, that is very difficult to digest as 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 a as an investor who who's been in the market for the last say five or eight years, who's seen the market go nothing but up, and has made been, been making money, who speculated on three pieces of real estate now, and now all of a sudden with with rates going up, cannot even cover one of the mortgages, let alone the three. These are the things that are happening, and they're going to start to develop. Those are the ancillary effects of the, of the pain that Powell was talking about. Ken, jump in there. Right. So listen, I do agree with that. And you have to and you have to understand that with this didn't have to happen if the Fed had reacted in the spring of 2021 when inflation went from one point six to three point one percent in one month and then continued right. to go higher all through 2021 while they told us, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. We got this. They didn't have it. It's clear they didn't have it. And now we're in this position that now. Uh, 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 Jay's Powell, Jay, uh, Jay Powell's feet are on the fire, and now he's got to get even more aggressive. And I think that was the message yesterday that he said. I think it's clear that he's not going to pivot anytime soon. He said that rates are going to remain higher for longer. Um, and so these people that thought we were going to get a rate cut in you know April or May of next year, I think they're sadly mistaken. I don't see how that can happen uh, unless we see a complete collapse in the PCE and the CPI over the next two or three months. And I don't see that. Well, okay. But Ken, what if it isn't a complete collapse? Like, like what if you're at 350 fed funds rate going into next year and yeah. by April, I think you said by April unemployment is getting into the high fours. I don't think he is raising rates a whiff. No way. I well, think they okay. chicken out. That, I, see, I'm on the, I'm on the opposite side of that argument. I don't think he can, I, I don't think, remember, Remember, and again, and I, you know, people say don't go to Volcker, but unemployment was 10 percent and, yeah. and Volcker forced rates up to 21 percent when inflation was running at, you know, 13 yeah. percent. You had you had the biggest supply side generation, the biggest supply side revolution we'd ever seen going on when Volcker was doing it. Powell has to fight against the total lack of support on the supply side. I think I think that um, it's interesting. We're all in agreement, you know, in the long term reality of the Fed. They've done so much yeah. to distort markets. There's such a big yeah. need for normalization. And yeah. we would love to see Powell be the guy to help bring it. I still saw Powell in late 2018, saw what Powell did out of the COVID moment and assumed it was his job to create alphabet soup. Maybe he's the guy to try to normalize the Fed. But uh, right now, we're at least in agreement that they're not about to start giving markets any help anytime soon. It's a great discussion. Ken and Jack loved having you on. It was my honor to be in the seat today for my dear friend and hero, Larry Kudlow.